Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. I'm so pumped to have Mr. Jeff Cohen on the show. He is the CEO of Count Honorable, and he is an expert in a lot of things, a serial entrepreneur. He's an expert in helping you grow your business by aligning um, and growing your team, uh, which is so, so important. He has appeared on Shark Tank. Can't wait to talk about that. And he is just an all around great dude. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to you before the interview. Ready to rock and roll. Jeff, how are you today? I am great. Thanks so much, Russ. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for inviting me on. Thank you. Thanks for getting up uh, early. I don't know if you're an, an early guy, but I know it's uh, pretty early over there in LA. So let's jump right into it, Jeff. Tell us about um, you know your entrepreneurial journey. You know how you got started and and what you're doing today, man. So what I want people to get is something that I think we all really want to look at ourselves, which is why do we do what we do? Right. I mean, a lot of us have read Simon Sinek's book about, you know, what is your why? Right. But I, I have that on my calendar. Like once a year, I read that book again to remind me. And as I went on this journey, creating my programs, creating, writing my book, I really started thinking about why it is that I do what I do. So just for everyone to know, yes, um, I've run and grown companies very rapidly. I've had tremendous success and I've had even bigger failures. I'm happy to share that in a minute. And why I do what I do, and I've worked with over 300 companies um, in the last eight years. What I, the reason I do what I do is, um, is I want mom and dad to come home from work or leave their office, their home office and go to the kitchen table and be able to sit down and talk to their kids and their spouse about what a great day they had and create the environment for their children that when those kids grow up, they expect they're going to have a great job, they're going to love what they do, and their life is going to be fabulous. And that's why I'm going through a second round of parenting, my wife and I our foster resource parents. We have our third child with us now. And she's a little beautiful three and a half year old girl. Um, and, you know, I just tell you, there's just nothing better than being able to take somebody that's that's had trauma, especially a little one like that, and help them regain their footing. And it takes something, but we love doing it. And that's why I work with you and you, and you, and your company, so that you can create that environment. Um, a little about me is I, I am a, um, an entrepreneur, and I have been my whole life. 
when I was eight years old, I wrote all of the professional sports teams and I asked them to send me stickers. And so, you know, today they sell them. But back when I was eight years old, they just wanted them like on your bumper. In fact, they wanted them on everyone's bumper. So I got a stack from every team. And they all sent them? They all sent them. Like I didn't have just that many stickers. I had that many stickers. It was enormous. So I turned to my mom and I said, mom, that's the wall. I'm going to plaster my wall with those stickers. It's going to look awesome. And she turned to me and she said, no, you're not. And so I didn't have the heart to ask if I could put them on the car. Um, But what I did do is I put them on my notebook and I went to school and suddenly I was selling stickers to my friends. And before I knew knew that's where this is going, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, entrepreneur at heart. Right. Before I knew it, I made 50 bucks. And that's what my dad said. She goes, he said, Jeff, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, wow, that's amazing. What's that? And he said, well, if you want to have control over your life and what you do and how you do it, you don't need to work for someone else. You can do it for yourself. And I said, yeah, I am totally in. And um, listen, we all know if we're entrepreneurs that um, that's not exactly the way that it often goes, but that was the dream. And I dreamt it. And in my life, I've started six companies. I've worked for big companies like IBM. And um, and what I can tell you is, is that um, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. And I am here to make sure that every entrepreneur and executive that's really going for it gets to have the life, not only that they deserve, but the one they really wanted, like when they started all of this. Dude, I love it. So 100% profit margin, right? On the uh, on the stickers. Uh, no, no, no cost other than your time to to ask for. Maybe, maybe you were mailing out some some stamps. Yeah, no, the letters cost something. Like you know, cost a little bit. Okay, probably, really, probably, <laughs> silly, really, really high profit margin. Now, was your a couple of things I want to hit on, man? You said your was your dad an entrepreneur? So my dad's brothers were entrepreneurs. My dad dreamt of it, but it, he was an executive. Um, spent most of his working career at Playtex. And grew up to the point where they said, Stan, we love you. This is as high as you're going to go. And he was the executive vice president of sales for Playtex and worked in the Empire State Building. And the only thing he could have done bigger than that in that company, because he didn't have a college degree and that was important to them, was to be president of the business unit in France. And when they offered him that and told him that was it, we moved to California and he became a stockbroker in Beverly Hills. So, um, you know, the paths people take, right? Yeah. Wow. And so he was, you know, he was giving you that um, that great information early on. And, and man, I love what you were talking about with the, the influence on your kids. I mean, we all know how important that is. And I was I was listening to something, I think it was yesterday, he said, you know, the, that I don't know if this is true, but only 5% of what we do is conscious. You know, if 95% of what we do every day is subconscious and that we get those subconscious programs, you know, ages uh, zero through seven and having three young kids that really, you know, hit me. Um, And so, and and so I know that I'm always trying to model for my kids, model, you know, being a good person, hard work, being healthy, uh, you know, making money. But I've never heard it the way you said it is modeling for your kids that you should expect 
to grow up and do something that you love. You know, instead of coming home from work and complaining, ah, customers, employees, you know, this, that, I'm tired, that they see you coming home from work and uh, being happy um, and, and fulfilled with your life, then that becomes what they expect. That's that's powerful, dude. Like, if we don't talk about anything else, um, if if all you guys can get that, that especially if you have kids, that your num- one of your biggest jobs is not just to teach your kids how to be successful, but that they deserve to and should have a a life doing something that they're passionate about um, and that they actually love. Awesome, brother. Yeah, you know, that's really understated. Most of the conversations that happen around the dinner table are about the lousy boss I have or how they're micromanaging me or, you know, I'm doing stuff I don't believe in or don't like the people I work with. Like, who has time for that? It's, it's always one of my mentors says it, you know, this way is, you know, what you think about, what you talk about, what you talk about is what you do, what you do becomes your life. And, you know, and I, I believe that a million percent. But when you've got kids, it just it magnifies everything. It's not just about you and you creating your life. It's what you're uh, instilling into them. And obviously, if you have a team, uh, you know what you're instilling into them. So love it, dude. All right. We got to uh, there's so many things I want to talk about with you, but I can't not ask you about uh, being on Shark Tank. How did that happen? So experience. Yeah. So um, there I was pitching on Shark Tank. Now, you know, you get up and you stand up in front of the sharks and you pitch. And um, let's step back a minute. How did you what what made you decide to want to get on there? And and what was the process like to, you know, to actually get on the show? So um, my sister, who was partners in in my uh, energy bar business uh, with me, is very well connected. And she said, Jeff, there's this new show coming out. Do you want to check it out? And I'm like, well, what is it? And at four in the morning, we went to downtown Los Angeles and we were second in line for the auditions. And um, it was a great experience. They loved my story. They loved um, the product. It was an energy bar for people with diabetes. And they loved, you know, the the bars so they invited me on the show and um we did a lot of rehearsal to create the pitch and all of that get up there and i start presenting and um now i was 80 pounds heavier at the time so if you see the episode you'll just notice right and i thought the presentation was going good and then damon john says oh these taste like crap and I'm like, okay, great. So that's going on. And then uh, Kevin O'Leary um, starts digging into the numbers. And why is it that I'm where I'm at? And I said to him flat out and just, you know, my belief is just be straight with people. They're all going to find out anyway. So there's no need to cover anything up. And I said, look, I had a software company. I grew from nothing to 50 people. We were an eight-figure you know, run rate and um, 2007 hit. And within three months, all of our clients that were all at Fortune 500 and Global 2000 companies said to us, we love you guys. We'd never be able to write the software we could write without you. You're fired. And I went from run rate to no run rate. I had to let everybody go. And it cost me, like I I declared bankruptcy over it. And without a skip in the beat, he said, well, 
Jeff, listen, I really respect, you know, that you've made some decisions that haven't worked out. Um, but you declared bankruptcy. To me, you're radioactive. You'll never get another bank. I'm out. <laughs> so I became, Sounds like Mr. Wonderful. Became the very first person ever called radioactive on TV. But the lesson <laughs> that came out of that was Robert Herkovic stood up and argued with him for about 20 minutes. They didn't show much of that. But the one thing Robert said that really stuck with me and with everyone I, I ever work with now is it doesn't matter how many times you fail. That's not the measure of a man. The measure of a man is how many times you get back up. Yeah. And I got back up. Yeah. And that's the lesson that I was able to carry with me through tough times. Because it yeah. wasn't easy doing what I did. And at that point, we were still a fledgling company. Um, and then we we turned out that in season number two, because we were on season one, we were the very first company that they did a success story on and we didn't get funding. So, you know, how that goes, like, you know, it goes. We had yeah. success. People liked our product. We rolled out in Safeway at thousands of stores. Like we, we made it until we didn't. I appreciate you sharing that, brother. That's that's so inspiring to me, um, you know, because literally that that situation and, and I love, you know, Robert, and, and I believe that's part of your job is once you're successful is to inspire other people, not bring them down. And I like, you know, um, Kevin O'Leary, too, for he, he he adds, you know, value in his own way. But to say, you know, you know he, his whole thing, you're dead to me or radioactive, like it, it's almost like you're you're done. And yeah. you said it's you're never done if you don't quit. So some people would have taken, I mean, that could have been like a life altering. You could have had that story of I failed nationally on Shark Tank. You know, I, I'm a failure. It's over. But you you got back up and hey, you listen. said it, man, if, if there's one thing that I found over and over, if you're going to do big things, it's not if you fail, you're going to fail a lot. I failed a lot. But getting, you said it, brother, getting back up, it's those who can, and, and you said entrepreneurship's not for the faint of heart. It's not because you're going to fail. You're going to get, you're going to have crap happen to you. That's outside of your control that you have nothing, you know, people are going to cheat you. They're going to steal from you. They're going to disappoint you. Um, and then you're going to do stupid. If you're like me, you're going to do stupid stuff that you didn't, didn't have the right information or made a bad judgment. And you're going to have a lot of failures. Uh, and, and that's too much for a lot of people to take. But if you just don't quit. And as you said, get back up, then you're always going to to eventually get where you want to go. And then the second part, and I, I won't even ask you, but I can hear it, is how fast you can get back up from those failures. And I can tell just talking to you, you, you know, you're, all, you're only on the map for, for a few minutes or maybe even a few seconds. Well, you know, so that's part of it. But the um, the concept about failure that I, I embrace is that you should fail as fast as you can. Like the faster you know something's not working, the more time you have, the more resources and money you have to do what's next, right? And so I think that's really a, a key component of it. And I'll just tell you that, listen, I have failed, like you said, a whole bunch in my life. In fact, I, if I stood here and just told you about all the great things that happened to me, no one would be interested. They'd be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's good. Oh, this guy. But when I 
I spend a lot of time in my book talking about my failures and actually write in one of the chapters that the reason that I spend so much time on the failures is that if, if I only tell you what I've succeeded at, you'll learn something. When I tell you what I failed at, what the failure cost, what the impact of the failure was and what I got out of it and how I took the next step, now you actually have something you can work with. Because if you're an entrepreneur or even an executive in a company, things are not going to go your way at some point and you're going to have to make a left turn. And when you make that left turn, do you have the tools in your toolkit, the people in your network, the relationships that have you get level-headed, straight on looking at, hey, what can I actually impact that will bring things to where I want them to be? And yeah. that's what I do with executives all the time. That's how I help companies go from this old stodgy method of forcing everyone to be accountable, where there's a boss in every cube that's literally micromanaging what you're doing and making your life miserable to a new modern method of countonability. Like when people can be countonable, they can actually say to you, hey, look, you can count on me to do this and this, but I'm not doing the laundry. You can't count on me for that. And what I've learned and worked with people over these, I don't know, eight years that I've been on this journey with Count Onable is that it all happens when you empower leaders and you create the environment for them to empower leaders. And in your organization, you develop the freedom so you could take a vacation for two weeks without being on calls two to four hours a day and really enjoy the time with your family and give them what they really wanted from you simply by empowering others to lead and not being the most important person in your company. Because when you are, what you get is a half-assed vacation where your family's always wondering where dad is or mom is. And will they be with us for dinner? And that just, that's yeah. not why you started your business. That's not why you decided I'm going to become a Titan, right? I am going to be the one, be the one behind the scenes, lead from behind. So powerful, brother. This has been one of the, one of the biggest transitions for me is always being the one that people come to for the problems. And I felt good because I could solve all these problems. I'm the guy, but then you're you're always on call. You're putting out fires. And the biggest, so it's it's all the things you all the negative things you said, not to be able to enjoy vacation, but also what I realize is your I'm 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 doing injustice to my team, the people who want to grow. And so now when my especially my leaders, they come to me with the problem. Well, what do you think you should do? Well, yeah. I think we should do that. And, and you know, nine times out of 10, whatever they say, yeah, it's a great idea. Do it. <laughs> you don't need me. Right. So that's what I did is I published a process for how companies can do that and how they, Where, and it, it's really easy to use. So how, I know everybody's going to want to get your book. They're going to want to go in and want to find out more about what you're doing. Jeff, how, how can everyone get in contact with you? So, you know, there's about 2 million Jeff Cohen's in the world. So I'm not the one from the Goonies. Um, but what I would invite you to do instead of looking my name up is look up the word count onable. 
That's C-O-U-N-T-O-N-A-B-L-E, Countonable. And when you do that, what you're going to find are, and this is crazy, Russ, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. When I bought the URL, there were six references to the word. Now there's over 30,000 and it's just a year later. Wow. So yeah, a lot of momentum there, but go and look it up, go to my website, come to my LinkedIn, get connected to what we're doing, download all of the assets from the book. In fact, you can even get the first chapter on the website, which is called Grand Theft Auto. And you'll discover what my strongest trigger is that has me just lose it and um, be able to kind of look at that for yourself. Uh, and so I would, I'd be grateful for, um, for you guys to do that. And if you want to reach out, learn more about how to create the environment that grows your people and your business with and without you, then I'd be more than happy to have a chat with you as well. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you for that. You guys definitely check out Count Honorable. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to ask you one more question to finish out. I've never asked this question. I, and uh, I don't know, I feel, I just feel compelled like I'm supposed to ask you. So what is something, what's your, a huge dream of yours, man? Huge dream, huge vision. And, and I'll, I'll dare to say, if, if there is something you're willing to share that you've never shared publicly before, that it's well, that big. So I, I, so I, I actually put it in my book but I don't talk about it that much, right? Perfect. So my dream is that 100,000 companies become count honorable in my lifetime and go to this new modern method of really lifting, shifting, and empowering people. That's my dream. That's beautiful, brother. I believe it'll happen. So do I. And it just starts with you. Like, and, and the book's available on Amazon. Uh, it's downloadable. The audio book will probably be out by the time you release uh, this um, podcast. So um, if I just, I've got half of it to listen to right now and it's coming along great. Well, I can't wait to see it, it come to fruition. Jeff, I love your vision. I love your passion. I love your energy. I love uh, your successes. I love you being so transparent about your challenges and failures. I love your big dream and I can't wait to get to know you uh, better, brother. Be sure to like and share the show out. I know you're going to want to listen to it again. Share it with your friends. And as always, be awesome. See you guys next time. Rush Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit rushjager.com forward slash apply. And hey, if you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag Becoming Titans. I love seeing you guys' posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to RussJager.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, all under my name. 
Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day and we'll see you next time.